We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. B. Mitch and Finley, 106.7 The Fan. You hear the boys from Hall & Oates singing. That means time to talk to our boy Dave Zangaro. Covers the Eagles for NBC Sports Philadelphia. Davey Z, what's going on, man? How are you, buddy? What's going on? This is my theme music. I like it at this point. That's right, dude. That's right. <laughs> it's a um, Philly thing, huh, Dave? Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, dude, what was the vibe like at the link Saturday night? Was that, I mean, was that place just bananas? It was It was pretty crazy. Uh, it kind of reminded me of the NFC Championship game five years to the day before. It was the same score, too, 38-7. Yeah. Uh, it it, it kind of felt the same because they, they got off, they got this big lead, and it was like a party in the building. The only difference was this time there was no trophy presentation, so everyone was gone by the uh, the final whistle. But, uh, man, yeah, it was, a, it was a fun game, and uh, the Eagles played their best game of the season, and that's got to feel pretty good once they do it in the playoffs. Yeah, I, I, I was driving home um... – I think it was Friday, and they, I saw this little post with Brian Dawkins, Brian uh, Westbrook, and also Chad. I think Chad Lewis, right? Uh, and I got fired up, so I figured I know the stadium was going to be hyped. Oh, man. It was, yeah, it was something else. I can't wait to see what it's like on Sunday. Uh, that place gets rocking. It's, it's a good atmosphere. It's a tough place to play. Uh, I think a lot of times the home field advantage stuff kind of gets overblown in the NFL a little bit, but I think it did make a difference on Saturday, and I think it's going to matter on Sunday too, especially when you're you're talking about two really good teams. I think the two best teams in the NFC all season, really. Uh, the margin for error is going to be really slim, and any advantage you can get in that one is a big deal. Um, so let, let's go through any real injuries of note Saturday night. It seemed like everybody got through pretty healthy. I thought Jalen Hurts looked fantastic. Um what does it look like now for, for the Eagles getting ready to host the Niners that have been great? Yeah, they're, they're pretty healthy. The, uh, the one question mark is still Avante Maddox, their nickel cornerback. Uh, he's getting closer. I don't know if he'll be ready for championship game, but uh, they're, I mean, they still have 21 of 22 opening day starters healthy, which is That's almost crazy. unheard of. That's yeah. um, they've been so healthy this year, and Jalen looks pretty good. On Saturday, we thought he would, but the one that really surprised me, I'll be honest with you, how good Lane Johnson There you go. Uh, He's playing through a torn adductor in his groin. It's an injury I don't think most guys would even try to play through. Uh, And he was great. I mean, now he's going to have a bigger test this weekend with with Nick Bosa, but um, not bad pass rushers with the Giants, with Thibodeau and Aziz Ojolari, and he held them in check all game. He had uh, 26 reps in pass pro. He didn't give up a single pressure. He was great in the run game. I mean, just a, an absolutely, uh, almost like a heroic performance <laughs> from Lane Johnson. If he can do this the next couple games, uh, it's going to go down as like an all-time playoff run for any Eagle ever. Um, it's, it's impressive that he's been able to play through it, and they're just so much better with him on the field. And you normally wouldn't think about an offensive lineman, one offensive lineman meaning that much to a team, but 
it's pretty clear when they're on the field, they're just a much different team. All right, so let's talk about what the Eagles did incredibly well against the Giants. The Giants were outmatched from the break. Um, the Eagles just ran the football so well. 44 yeah. carries, 268 yards <laughs> on the ground. Um, Average over six yards per carry. Kenny Gainwell had 12 attempts for 112 yards. Average yeah. a nine a pop. Um, Sanders was awesome. Hertz was good. Boston Scott was good. Can you re- replicate that against the Niners or at least get close to that against a San Fran team that really, really defends much better than the Giants? Yeah, if replicating it's going to be hard to do against San Francisco. Uh, but you feel pretty good with the Eagles' offensive line against pretty much anyone in the league. I mean, this is what they do. They have uh, the best right tackle in football, the best center in football, and then three other really good pieces on that line. So they feel like, you know, no matter who they play, they have an advantage. And even though Jalen didn't put up big numbers in the run game, his presence in the run game means everything. I mean, the the fact that teams have to defend him on the backside constantly just changes the numbers. Uh, So even when he's not putting up big stats in the run game, just know that, like, everything they do running the football, it's not just because of him, but it, it matters. And him looking healthy, and he had a few runs early in that game. And once he had those runs early, you thought, okay, this is going to change the dynamic of how the Giants have to defend, and it did. Uh, and I think that's still going to be the case with San Francisco. That's the one thing I'm really curious to see. Uh, the 49ers have been outstanding uh, in their run defense this year, but they haven't really played a mobile quarterback. They they caught fields really early in the season, so I almost throw that one out the window. So I don't know what it's going to look like against Jalen Hurst and against his offense when he's such a factor. Uh, it's going to be one of the biggest matchups to watch in this game, though, for sure. Wait, flip it over, and Rock Purdy has played well, very well. And, uh, you know, everyone keeps saying he's going to wake up. Do the Eagles have enough defensively to finally make him have that rookie game? I think so. And, and I look, I give Brock Purdy a ton of credit. He, what he's doing is, is pretty amazing. But if you watch the games, there are plays to be made by the defense and they're just not making them. Like how, Trayvon Diggs in yeah, the red right zone had the chance to pick yeah. off the ball. Yep. The week before, Seattle had a, a couple picks that they dropped. So uh, he's making some decisions and some throws that the other team's just not capitalizing on. And that's not to say the Eagles definitely will, but I feel pretty confident watching him in the playoffs that there are turnover-worthy plays coming from Brock Purdy, and if the Eagles can just capitalize on one or two of them, it could really swing a game. I talked about how close I think it's going to be. These two rosters are stacked with talent. Um, The schemes are both very, very good. So uh, one turnover could be the difference in this thing, and if the Eagles just capitalize on one of those mistakes, they have a chance to really flip the table here. It it is crazy – with the Niners coming in, and it's a really tight spread. I think it's less than three points, right? Two, two and a half, depending where. Two and a half, I just saw, yeah. Yeah, I mean, just knowing this Eagles team as well as you do, and and I I'm assume Philly, did Philly play San Fran this year? Because I know the Commanders did. Or, no, oh, they didn't. Uh, I guess that was the third place matchup. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, so, what are you going into this matchup? Like, what does Philly need to do to get to the Super Bowl? I think turnovers are key. I mean, if you lose a turnover battle in the NFC Championship game against a really good team, you're probably losing the game. So 
Uh, that's first and foremost. But uh, I think these teams are pretty evenly matched. I mean, when the Eagles are on offense and the 49ers are on defense, I mean, that is that is prime football. I mean, I can't wait to see what happens there. Uh, the 49ers defense is just a juggernaut. They play so physical. Uh, D'Amico has those guys playing at a crazy high level, but the Eagles' offensive scheme has been outstanding this year. Shane Steichen, the offensive coordinator play caller, has done a masterful job. So that's what I'm just excited as a fan, as a football fan, to get to watch that. Um, but I think the two areas where the Eagles have a decided advantage, and these are two areas that I think are important, game management and quarterback play. Uh, as great as Shanahan has been, we've seen some decisions that are head-scratchers, and uh, they didn't bite them last night, you know, but there are moments where you're thinking, eventually, he's going to screw this up. Uh, it, I'd call it coaching scared, but it's just his style, right? It's just uh, he kind of errs on the side of being a little more cautious, and in a game against a really good team, that could hurt them, and then the quarterback play. You know, Brock Purdy hasn't done anything to lose games, and he's played well enough to win some of these, but Jalen Hurts, the moment's not too big for him. And if you're trying to, like, say, who has the tie break here, I'll give it to the better quarterback. And I just think Jalen's played at such a high level. It's crazy to think the Giants game was his second playoff game. He's 24 years old, and you didn't even think about it because he was so poised in that game. So uh, I'm trying to look at this as um, unbiased as I can, and that's what I keep coming back to is game management, and quarterback play, and I think the Eagles have an advantage in both. I think I look at all these weapons that you have on the field, but it can come down to which tight end has a better game because looking at Kittle and then looking right up there in Philly, two great tight ends. Schultz was open all night for him, but he just didn't know what to, what to do once he got the ball in his hands. So I, I oh, think yeah. those two tight ends, that play, the play of that position can decide this football game. Yeah, and they're, they're fun tight ends because they're complete tight ends. And – Kittle was kind of the, the comparison that we went to with Goddard when he came in the league. Was you know he has this ability to be such a dynamic blocker, not just in space but at the line of scrimmage, and also uh, big playability. He can run those seam routes better than anyone in the league. So yeah, those two players in particular. Now, if you look at you know who's better equipped to handle them, the Eagles have been good against tight ends this year, but I think they're a little more susceptible. Their linebackers aren't as good in coverage. You look at. San Francisco 49ers, linebackers in coverage. I mean, Fred Warner. Unbelievable. Carrying C.D. Lamb 30 yards down the field. Lying, I mean, just is, down the seam. Unbelievable. That, that is not normal, uh, Nick. There's no one else in the league doing that. So uh, the middle of the field, probably better for the 49ers. Hafanga is maybe a little more susceptible in coverage, but certainly uh, flying around the field. Uh, but the Eagles, you know, C.J. Gardner-Johnson's pretty good in the middle of the field. Kaiser White, though, their they're, uh, they're world linebacker, probably a little more susceptible if they can get him into some mismatches. And I think that's what the 49ers will try to do, whether it's with Kittle or uh, Christian McCaffrey, try to get him in space and, and beat up on him there a little bit. But it all kind of balances out because I feel like the Eagles have the better corners, right, certainly in Slay and Bradbury. Yeah. Uh, but the 49ers' middle of the field on defense is better. It's, uh, there's so much talent on these rosters. I can't wait to watch this game. Mm-hmm. There, I mean, there is serious talent on, on both those rosters. Um, talking with our friend Dave Zangaro, NBC Sports Philadelphia. You can give him a follow at Dave Zangaro, NBCS. Can we go a little bit around the league? I, I, I got to ask you what you thought of Dak's performance and particularly the final play call for the Cowboys. 
I mean, I'll start with that final play call. It's the, what are you doing? Like, and look, it doesn't, it, it shouldn't overshadow the ineptitude before that point, but what the heck? You have one play, you had a year after that disaster last season in the playoffs, and that's what you came up with? Right. Zeke has to be, right. like, Zeke's like, what are you doing to me? Why am I getting bulldozed as a center? Uh, How about really Schultz, strange. by the way? Prior to the disaster play, how about him just, just not down, dog. the awareness uh, to let the to to let the corner hit him backwards, and then the other one to just not even drag the toe. <laughs> yeah, and then I mean, you had the 49ers, Elijah Mitchell staying in bounds, yeah. even set up. I'd like to thank Elijah Mitchell though because he gave us that last play. We wouldn't have seen that formation <laughs> otherwise. Uh, but just a lot of like weird situational things in that game that you know. I bet you the Eagles were watching that, going, "Well." We're going to hammer situational football this week and make sure our guys know what to do in, in key moments. Uh, but as far as Dak goes, what a regression from this guy. The yes. one thing you could always say about him was that he was efficient. Uh, and he's not efficient anymore. He's just he's throwing a ton of picks. He's making mistakes. He looks like a shell of the guy he once was. I, they are like the Cowboys right now are just stuck in this, in the worst place to be as an NFL franchise, just in this, mediocre territory where they don't have a quarterback that's good enough. They don't have a head coach that's good enough. They have a lot of talent, but it's only going to get them so far. Uh, and it's, it's to me, that's like, that's you're, you're in the worst possible spot as an NFL franchise. At least if you stink, you tear everything down and you start over. But I don't think they're going to do that. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of hard for them to do it with all those people they have. But like you said, their guidance doesn't seem to be proper. Yeah, it's, it's a tricky thing. I know uh, Jerry Jones said that game wouldn't uh, affect Mike McCarthy's job status, but does anyone really believe they're getting over the hump with him as the head coach? No. I know that's harsh, but it's like that's they're not. They're just not going to do it. They're going to keep choking when it matters. And uh, for the rest of the NFC East, that's great. But for for them, I you know, I, they need to be better. Who would you rather have, Kirk or Dak? <laughs> <laughs> Um, ugh. <laughs> yeah, and you know uh, what? You know what? That is perfect to encapsulate life for Commanders fans that would take either of them. At this point, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, um, but I, you got to just – but at least the Commanders can, can look at it and go, well, we need to find someone else. Like, we need to find a guy. Yeah. <laughs> Been saying that for 25 is, years. Find a guy. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. Last one, and I'm curious. This is a vibe check on the city of Philadelphia. Does it feel like it did a couple years ago? Like like the, the Foles run? Yeah, 2017. Does it feel like that? It's a little different because that year... Uh, they play the underdog card. People yep. really were counting them out. I mean, no one thought they were going to go on that run. This year, they're, they've are they been the best team in the conference all year. So they've had that target on them. So it's a little bit different. But, uh, yeah, the city right now, is it's a fun place to be. And uh, the way they won that game only added to it. Uh, it this week is going to be a lot of fun. I, I think there was a little trepidation about facing the 49ers because they're a really good team. I think they're a, a bigger test this time than the Vikings were five years ago with old Kirk coming to town. Um, but 
the the vibe is strong here in Philly, and uh, it, it's a fun time for sure. Sirianni seems like he's pressing all the right buttons. Is that that's my he view is. of it from the outside? He is, and and I talked about situational football. Uh, him handing over play. I always talked about this before, but him handing over play calling last year helped the Eagles so much. And it's, I think that we always talk about the play calling aspect of it. Shane Steichen's done such a good job, and he really has a feel for for calling those plays. But the flip side of that is Sirianni now has been so locked in on all those situations. Uh, they've been really good. His decision making has been on point all season. We haven't had a lot of. Monday morning quarterbacking where you're going, man, he really messed up this decision. They should have gone for it here. They should have punted here. Uh, there hasn't been a lot of that. He's been aggressive, but uh, you should be aggressive when you have a good offense like this. And I, I feel like he's made the right calls pretty much all year. And he's been fun. He's a little dorky, right? Like, <laughs> un- undoubtable that he's a little dorky, but he's fun and he's having fun. And the players seem to enjoy him and some of the things he's doing, whether it's uh, that goofy like head shake into the camera, or wearing CJ Gardner Johnson's giant chain after the game, <laughs> they're buying in, and that's really all that matters. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, Get your players to love you. Yeah, that's the, all that, that matters. If you're winning, goofy stuff is fun. It works. If you're losing, goofy exactly. stuff is corny yeah. and lame. The players <laughs> wouldn't even let him wear the chain. If right, losing. <laughs> right. Uh, Dave, enjoy this week, Appreciate dude. You, Dave, and uh, maybe we'll see you in Arizona. Who knows? All right. Sounds good, guys. Take All care. Right. That's right, our guy, Dave Zangaro. You can give him a follow at Dave Zangaro, NBCS. Second time in five years he's covering an NFC championship game. You know how many playoff wins I've covered in 10 years? Two. Wins? Not games. Two. Wins. Wins? You say win. You say playoff games at first. Wins? Oh, maybe one. Zero. In the last five years, none. I did cover the Ravens win. When they went to Pittsburgh and beat well, I know the what Steelers you mean. So if it's the last five years wins here, none. Last five, last ten, last fifteen. They haven't won a playoff game since two thousand six. They won one with Joe. It's been that long. I mean, I think it was. It was either. I think it was the two thousand six season, and they won the game in January of 07. <laughs> a long time. People are probably driving. Man, not quite right. You'll be turning sixteen now. Yeah. Good God. Uh, what the the opposite of the commander's playoff record, which is futile, is something that's cool, something that gets awards and noticed. How about the cloakroom? Nominated multiple times for best overall gentlemen's club in the country, and it just got even better. Located at 4th and K Northwest, the cloakroom is the first gentlemen's club in the U.S. to have a sports book. That's right. Place wagers at traditional betting windows or kiosks while enjoying the entertainment. If you're not into that, you take an elevator upstairs to the beautiful year-round climate-controlled sportsbook and lounge called Over Under. It has a state-of-the-art retractable roof and TVs showing all the NFL games. They've got hard-to-find liquor, a killer bourbon selection. They've got drink specials every weekend. They had $5 Tito's. I was there Saturday night at Over Under at the sportsbook. We had a ball. Bees was in there with us giving out winners. Shout-out Mike Beasley, MGM National Harbor, just giving out winners Saturday night. Um, we had a blast in there. My, my boy, Tony Cavasios is one of the owners. And uh, Jeff, uh, Tony was listening to the program this morning and heard about your stellar record in the uh, in the weekend parlay. And he said, you let Jeff know he's welcome at over under any time to put his wagers in. All right, buddy? I bet I am. <laughs> but I will. <laughs> I love that place, man. It's easy. It's right downtown. 
awesome vibe. Check them out, Cloakroom D. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. C.com. Landville, can Jeff see the name or the band? Nope. Jeff, 10 bucks. You can tell me who sings this song. Pretty recognizable bass line. Nobody home. Can I get a hint? Sure. Um, it's a band with three three word name. Maybe I'm just too frightened by the sound of it. Turn it up, Lanfield. Uh, uh-oh. It was good living with you. Wow. B. Mitch, this is a, better you know than Ezra. Whoa! Did you, you just told him? He did. Both. Look at they, both, they both laughing too much. They're cheesing like hell. Yeah. <laughs> I, I saw him. Down in There's no way you didn't just tell him. So he told him, but I remember when I went down to the. the They're the event, from New Orleans, B. The event I always go down to in uh in Orlando. Yeah, they were there. Oh, dude, I, I gotta go this year. <laughs> Remind me, give me those dates in advance. Clear it with the boss. Um, all right, news, 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 news. Adrian Wojnarowski, Woj, ESPN, top NBA reporter. I mean, he's the Schefter of the NBA, right? There's nobody. Yeah. Woj is the dude. When he drops it, it's, it's normally facts. Woj says finalized deal. Rui Hachimura to, for Kendrick Nunn. So the Wizards are sending Rui Hachimura to the Lakers. In return, they're getting Kendrick Nunn. <laughs> Listen to this, B. Have you seen this yet? Mm-mm. They're getting three second-round picks. Slow second-round picks. A 2023 second-round pick. A 2028 second round pick. And if that's not far enough away, a 2029 second round pick. Six years from now. Wow. And it's entirely possible the 2028 second rounder is their own second rounder because they've already sent that to the Lakers. Wow. (laughs) Um, so what do people think of the trade? I had a buddy text me. Look, man, I know nothing about basketball, but you traded a potential starter for a bench player and second-round draft picks next year, four years from now, and five years from now? Did the Lakers also throw in some oceanfront property? Someone convinced me this is good. We'll open the phones, 800-636-1067. I'm in a situation where I don't know how good it is, but I'm still at a point of... I have not been saying, man, not one person you can't get rid of is Rui. That's fine. This is the ninth overall pick, and two of the three draft picks you got back are five and six years away. Yeah. And don't they usually just sell off second-rounders anyway? Like to, so. to me, this is kind of a salary dump or whatever. Like you're just trying to create the space to keep coups. Could that be it? 
If you want to comment, holler at us. 800-636-1067. To me, it seems like... (laughs) Hard to be excited about that one. Um, I did... I did want to play something for B because you and I were texting about this. I don't know if anybody saw. Shannon Sharp made a scene at the Lakers-Grizzlies game yeah. over the weekend. And I thought it was pretty lame. Um, I mean, he just completely made himself the story. And it, it just, I like Shannon. I think he's generally funny and yeah. and smart and willing to say maybe what others aren't. And he certainly Goes at old Skip Bayless. Um, but he made, I'd say he made an ass of himself yeah. at the Laker game. Big time. I was impressed, though, that he came out and uh, and owned it. So here, here's Shannon Sharp talking about his behavior at the Lakers-Grizzlies game. As you probably have heard or have seen Friday night um, at the Lakers game, I want to apologize for my behavior. Um, you know, guys, I've preached for the last six and a half years, responsibility and accountability. And I take full responsibility for what transpired. It does not matter what Dylan Brooks said or how many times he said it. Me being the responsible person, me having the platform that I have and having so many people look up to me, I was wrong. I should have lowered the temperature in the arena. Instead, I turned the temperature up and I let it get out of hand. And I want to apologize to a few people. First of all, I want to apologize to the Lakers organization, Jeannie Buzz, the Buzz family. I apologize for any harm or unwanted attention that I brought to your organization. I want to apologize to the fans that were in attendance and the fans that watched on television because that's not what you paid for and that's not what you tuned in to watch. Shannon Sharp should have been mentioned as, a, as someone that was at the game, not someone that let his emotions run high and get out of hand during the game. That's a real apology, I think. I don't know. I mean, listen, the problem I have with it, and I called you immediately and I told you about it, is Shannon is a former NFL player, right? Yeah. And you also hear Shannon on this show sometimes talking about how fans deal with players. Well, you are a former NFL player. You're not an NBA player. And you acted just like fans. You, you did exactly what you used to be appalled at. And, like, you've been to many a games with me. I do everything in the same realm with anybody else, but I'm never going to be like that. I'm as fiery as any come out there, but I would never do like that. And the first thing about it is you start talking crap to one of those players, if they were in Memphis, he would have never came back in the game. And let's be real, Shannon might be a bad dude. But I think Dylan Brooks, Steve Adams, Steven like, Adams. they, they might have handled his ass that night. Now, because I say this. Dude, you got two knees bad, and you got a replaced hip. You might want to chill a little bit. Sometimes it, it was too like like the fandom goes too far. We know he is the bus driver of the of the LeBron James fan club. But dude, you you get out of hand with it sometimes. Listen, I I, 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 got I, I, I totally up. respect him and love him as a uh, as a commentator. But whenever I see Former athletes doing exactly what the hell they complain about all the time? That's a problem to me. Because when I saw I'm looking at Dylan Brooks. He's he not a pushover. Steven Maddow wanted that smoke. Yo, and, and when, when Shannon talked about it afterwards, he's like, he's like, Morant didn't want the smoke. Brooks didn't want the smoke. He didn't mention Adams. Let's be real. Adams is 6'11", 270. I watch a lot of things 
if Shannon was still the Shannon he was on the football field, the one dude trying to hold him back couldn't hold him back. But that dude didn't have to do any extra work because he didn't really want no smoke either. Hold me back, Which guy. I think that's a that's an adult way to not be. You don't want to fight nobody no damn public like that. But still, don't cause the issues that you've complained about. All right. I got a couple calls. Want to talk Rui. My guy Jeff is in Solomon's Island. Jeff, what up, man? Hey, what's up? I'm calling about that salary cap issue. Personally, I don't think there should be one. When you draft a player, that's your investment. You should be able to pay him as much just like anywhere else in, in, in corporate America. Pay the guy as much as you want. If you're getting a free agent, there should be a free agent cap on the free agents. That's I, that, I think that is the NBA rule. Don't they have if he, like if the he's Larry good Bird enough, exception? If he's good enough, they would pay him, but yeah, he's not that guy make, yet. Yeah. Thank I you for the that, call, I though, dude. That, but what about, what about guys that are good enough that are in hockey and in, that we can't because it's a salary cap? It's a salary uh, cap in a lot of places. Are I mean, talking about hockey? We're talking about hockey or basketball. What are we talking about? Thank you for the call, dude. I think. I think both hockey and NBA, you can pay your own guys beyond yeah. the cap. Like, yeah, you, just, it, you pay a little uh, penalty. But just yeah, like, I mean, the NBA doesn't even have a cap. It has this luxury tax. Let's get one more call in. We're getting late. Uh, Chris is in D.C. Let's talk really. Chris, what up, man? What's going on? Uh, yeah, uh, so as y'all know, it was a log jam at the four position, and y'all know Denny, his skill set is coming along. Like, so... Rui, he's going to get a deal that we probably weren't going to uh, offer. We were going to lowball him because, you know, that's what we do here. And uh, I think it's going to work out better for us in the long run because, you know, we got to keep Kuzma. I don't care what we need to do. We got to keep Kuzma. I, 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 I think it works out for uh, Rui also in the long run. I Listen, I'm not against the trade. I'm just against the compensation. Uh, James Schneider tweeted in. He said, the Wizards are stacking picks to trade back to the Lakers to trade for 42-year-old LeBron in a couple of years. <laughs> Our boy Cody Betts, the tech executive, said, 2023, 2020, 2028, and 29 second-round draft picks? That's ridiculous. We don't even know if we'll all be here on Sunday. And that hey, goes that's what Kyle for, says. for all of us. Don't go anywhere. We're going to make some bets. Hey, it's Brian Mitchell here. If you've been watching the NFL playoffs from the sideline, there's still time to get in on get in the game with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. New customers bet this Sunday's conference championship games with $150 in free bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. Just sign up with promo code Brian. Listen, I got all types of bets I'll look at, but just a simple one. Anytime touchdown score, CMC, Jalen Hurts, or A.J. Brown, take one of those guys. You got that $150 in free bets. I'm sure you might be smiling by the end of the weekend. FanDuel has all your favorite bets from the money line to the point spreads to player props. Plus, you can combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with Same Game Parlay. All on the app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. So football fans, don't miss out. Place your first $5 bet to get $150 in free bets. Win or lose with promo code Brian. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. FanDuel Sportsbook is the official partner of 106.7 The Fan. You have to be 21 years old, the president of Virginia. The first online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as a non-withdrawable free bet that expires in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. 
Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Gambler. Space clearance to try to re-sign Kyle Kuzma. Uh, We're not going to give you that offer and so later on, so we may as well do it now, and then we won't have issues doing getting who we want to sign. And you never know. Like Kendrick Nunn, he's not the biggest name out there, but I'm telling you, I've seen the guy play, guy can play. So earlier today, um, there was also kind of news. The, the New York Post reported that Jeff Bezos might be looking to sell the Washington Post mm-hmm. um, in an effort to buy the Washington Commanders. I, I think we need to be clear. A lot of things could be true. Bezos said he's not selling the the newspaper right said, now. And uh, privately, he uh, in the article, it said that Bezos told senior officials at the Washington Post the paper's not for sale. So th- th- all that happened. Um, it's also entirely possible if Bezos wants to sell the Post, it has nothing to do with the commanders. True. Like, it could just be happening. Yep. Um, if you follow this Washington Post Guild account, which is, I believe, the people that are in the union at the Post, They've been clearly unhappy with management. There's layoffs going on. There's a lot of moving parts over there. So something could be happening that is completely irrelevant to the commanders. Um, but I, after reading it, I, I tweeted this out, B, and I'm curious where you land. Um, I tweeted out, do commanders fans care who buys the team? And I had three answers. You could you could click, don't care, just sell it. Yes, I want Bezos, or yes, I want somebody else. The results are in. In, in one hour, this got 3,200 votes. Um, 61% said, don't care, just sell. Mm-hmm. 30.8% said, yes, I want Bezos. 8.2% said, yes, somebody else. That it seems about right. Seems right? about right. I, I think, think the vast majority of people just want the damn thing sold. And that's the majority right there. And I think ultimately next they want Bezos. Which means that if Bezos come out on top, nobody gonna really be upset. Well, ninety one point eight percent people won't be. Yeah. Um, I I think people just want a, a sale more than anything. Uh, maybe you want Bezos because the deep pockets. Now the NFL has a hard salary cap, so deep pockets for an owner don't necessarily mean much. But I think a willingness to spend at a high level. Are you a magician at the salary cap? They know how to make things that are most likely to be earned and other things that may not be most likely because if it's most likely to be earned, it could count against the cap. If it's less likely to be earned, it may not count against the cap. Well, that means like you get money in your pocket and it doesn't affect as much as it does just getting straight salary. All that, and I would add, you have money to do what you want with a facility. There you go. And if I had to guess. I don't think they have a salary cap on how the stadium is going to be built. No. Yeah. No salary cap on stadiums. There's no salary cap on practice facilities. All that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, All right. Every day on this program, we make bets. We call it Heard It Here First. Let's go, Landini. All right. New week. Uh, Jeff, Jeff Walker won last week, correct? We tied. Uh, I was say it was a uh, tied, so nobody tied. won. Yeah, so I'm going to let Landfield go first. Okay, 
Landini uh, gets to go first. I'm taking Sitsi Pass to win in straight sets. Oh, good. Tennis bets. Sitsi Pass. Oh, Sitsi Pass. Um, anybody? All right. So my parlay. The first leg, I got Norfolk State minus five and a half over Morgan Spartans? State. Yep. And I have North Carolina Central minus six and a half. Damn, not against UMES. Yes, sir. The HBCU parlay right there. Mm. Yeah. All right, Jeff. Jeff dug deep for that one. You up next? You want me to go? Of course. Um, Interesting game, Kansas-Baylor tonight. Kansas just got worked by TCU. Although, I'm not going to go to Waco, Texas. No. I'm going to go to Blacksburg, Virginia. The Hokies are hosting the Dukies tonight. Duke is 14-5 and and Duke. Virginia Tech's 11-8 and and Virginia Tech. And Virginia Tech's favored? Give me the Hokies, minus two and a half. What's the, what do they say? Go Hokies? Do they have like a thing? I'm going to take gobble, Kansas gobble, and gobble. then I'm going to uh, gobble, 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 gobble. I'm gonna pull that with the, uh, Duke. Hater in the house. Hey, man. As you do it to me, I'm going to do it to you tonight. Do you remember that time that JP tried to convince us nobody had ever heard of Baylor, Baylor University until like 2013? Yeah. yeah, yeah remember I, that? I, it was correct. Yeah. RG3 put that place on the map. No. Track. Go back a little bit. 400 no, meters. I will not. 400 meters. Uh, is that everybody? Landfill's on tennis. Jeff's got the HBCU parlay. B. Mitch is just betting against me, and I got Virginia Tech. You want to bet on Duke? Enjoy it. I want to thank all our guests today. John Kime from ESPN, Wes Hall from NBC Sports Washington, Dave Zangaro from NBC Sports Philadelphia, uh, Rui Hachimura, Los Angeles Laker. Thank you to everybody that enjoyed the program, listened, called, tweeted, all of it. We're back at it tomorrow. Grant and Danny coming up next. If you made it this far, I owe you a DC brow. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at-bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.